Father, thank you for this day and for this time of year, this Christmas season. Thank you for helping us to keep you first and foremost in our lives, center place in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, in our day-to-day lives and the busyness of the season. Help others come to know you and love you as we do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That's Isaiah 7.14. And then again in Isaiah chapter 9, Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. The prophet Isaiah spoke those prophetic words by the Spirit of God 700 years before God brought it to pass. A child is born. A child is born. A son is given. The physical body of Jesus was born, but His eternal spirit which existed in the beginning from John 1, 1 says, and created all things and John 1, 3. But his spirit was given. His body was born, his spirit was given. God had a plan of redemption for mankind to forgive our sins And to bring us back into relationship with himself. That's what this whole thing is about. And at just the right time, he fulfilled his promise by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be the ransom or payment for our sins. Why would he do such a thing? I can answer in one word. Love. Since this week is part three of the Peace, Love, and Joy series, and I told you not necessarily in that order. We had peace, and then last week was joy, and this week is love. But that's that's the reason. First John four eight tells us that God is love. We all know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, because of our desperate condition, Jesus agreed to come here to be our kinsman redeemer. And the price of our redemption was uncorrupted, sinless, human blood. There wasn't any of that here. (laughs) 
Man gave our position and our authority away in the Garden of Eden. Man had to get it back, though. God had given authority to man. Man gave it away, and and it was going to require a perfect man, a sinless man, to get it back. And Jesus was the only one ever qualified to be that sacrifice. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds or his stripes, we are healed. God wanted to heal us. That means he wanted to make us whole in every way. Not just the forgiveness of our sins, but he wanted to heal us everywhere we hurt. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. Romans 4.25 says he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Through the blood of Christ, we are justified before God. Just as if I justified never sinned. That's a good place to shout. Amen. <laughs> so sin is dealt with. The old man is dealt with. The sin nature is dealt with. Now, by accepting the free gift of salvation, we can have relationship with the living God, which is what He wanted all along. Amen? Amen. Amen. John 17.3 says, This is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So knowing God the Father and His Son, Jesus, is really what eternal life is. That's the meaning of life. To know God. To really know Him. Isaiah 53, 6 said, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He put our sin on him on the cross, and then judged it and punished it. Just to make a way for us back to him. 1 Peter 2.25 says it again. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Oh, and it's a good place to be. No place better. 1 Corinthians 15.3 says, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. All exactly as God had planned. It had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament about His coming, and now God was bringing His plan to pass on the very first Christmas by wrapping Himself in the flesh of a little baby born of a virgin in Bethlehem. This was almost 2,000 years ago. What are the odds? Over 350 prophecies. I only read a couple of things that were said about him hundreds of years before he was born. But there are over 350 prophecies in the Old Testament that have been fulfilled in Christ. That came to pass. They say that the odds of just 
a few of those prophecies all coming to pass. If you're looking for an odd, it's like, well, everybody thinks of Texas. We know how big Texas is. The whole world thinks of Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas because Texas is big, right? I mean, if you take Texas and flip it over to the west, Orange, Texas lands in the Pacific Ocean. If you take Texas and you flip it over to the east, El Paso, Texas lands in the Atlantic Ocean. It's a big old place. I've driven all around it and across it and wore myself out doing it in lots of cars. If you took the entire state of Texas and you stacked it with two feet deep of silver dollars and you had one silver dollar out of the whole state of Texas, two feet deep in silver dollar, one silver dollar with a little red mark on it, buried in there somewhere, and blindfolded someone and dropped them off in the middle of Texas, and they happened to pick up that silver dollar. That's the odds of just a few of those prophecies coming to pass all at the same time. Much less 350. Hebrews 9.28 says that he was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. One time. Once. For all time. That's why when Moses hit that rock twice, after he had done it, 37 years before he hit it once and water came forth, when he, God told him, now speak to the rock and it'll do it again. Instead, he hit it twice. It's like crucifying Jesus over again. He didn't get to go into the promised land. It ain't going to happen. His payment was more than enough forever for everyone who will accept it. He was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time not to bear sin, not again. But to bring salvation to those who are waiting on him. Amen. Tavon and I are convinced we're not going to pass away before he comes for us. Either way, we're fine. We're happy. We belong to him. <laughs> but I believe it's that close. What a happy day it's going to be though when we see him. Amen. Equally as happy as the first day we believed and received will be the day of his return. Can you remember the day that you really came to know him? The day he moved in? Psalm 30 verse 2 says, Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. I will never forget that day he brought salvation and to my surprise everything that came with it as I was to learn in the days and weeks which followed first Peter 2:24 says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed this word healed is sozo Sure, I've taught on that many times. 
He taught me about this sozo salvation, healing of everything that concerned me, this total wellness and wholeness. I remember embarking on that beautiful journey with Jesus, this King of kings and Lord of lords, who had come to us lying in a humble manger in Bethlehem. And he began to teach me about the vast salvation that I had entered into. And he showed me in his word how the salvation he had provided through his sacrifice on the cross for all eternity included everything that I would ever need. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, and materially. He showed me how though being saved was a one-time experience or an event which brought me into the kingdom that my salvation was also progressive. A process or a journey just like when the Israelites entered into the promised land in the land of Canaan. An adventure which I had to walk out just like they did. They had to explore and conquer bit by bit the land which they had been given. This is how it is with our soul. Even though our spirit has been saved, our soul is being redeemed and saved as we come into agreement with God and begin to take on His image. Bit by bit. We are being transformed like a caterpillar. This metamorphosis is taking place. It's exciting to know that all we have to do is believe and receive and allow this journey to unfold. There's nothing we can do to earn it. Mary, to me, is a great example of this salvation. And I'll briefly just read from the book of Luke, starting in the first chapter, the 26th verse. Matthew, Mark, Luke 1, starting in the 26th verse. It says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. 
and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's journey was a great example of our salvation. Mary had questions. How will this be, she said. I mean, she'd never been with a man in that way. God provided the answer. It's okay to have questions, and God will provide answers. But Mary believed, and she agreed also. Be it unto me according to thy word. So it is with us. We have to believe and agree with God regarding his plan for our lives and his word regarding our lives. So many people live apart from God's will for their lives. And I don't know why. Because he's merciful. He's forgiving. He is love. But he's not deceived or mocked. But Mary, she believed and agreed. Mary received the blessing, the the gift of life. But it, it wasn't easy. You see in verse 37 though. I love that scripture. For nothing. With God, nothing shall be impossible. The angel just told her nothing is impossible with God. So he encouraged her with the word. Then the very next verse. She agreed with the word of God. Be it unto me according to thy word. Then it happened. She heard, she believed, she agreed. And then it happened. At the end of verse 38. The angel departed from her. The scary part now. He left her in the natural. I'm sure she wished that angel would have stuck around. Young girl as she was, being pledged to a man who knew he had not, he'd never touched her. Have to go back and tell everybody this thing. I'm sure she wished she could call upon that angel from time to time over the next nine months. Because <laughs> you know those nine months were pretty difficult for her. Mary had to walk it out. She had to put feet to her faith. She had to allow this thing to happen to her. As God had said. Without being constantly encouraged by an angel or the voice of God. Going simply by what he had told her. And sometimes it's hard for us to keep on going based on something God told us a long time ago. But we can take strength from Mary. Trusting God. Just even though she couldn't see him or hear his voice, she knew that he was with her. Just as we can know today that he's with us. He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. 
We know, as John always sings, that we are surrounded by angels here to do God's bidding according to His Word. And so we trust in God. Just hanging on to what she knew God had told her to do through trials and hardship and persecution. Just as the son she carried in her womb, who the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 5.8, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Coming to us and being born as a child and having to come up and having to learn all the things that we had to learn. He, he set aside his godly powers until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Jordan River that day when he was baptized by his cousin John. He was just like us and he had to learn all these things. He had to learn to trust in God and to be obedient. He learned obedience from the things he suffered and so did she, so did Mary. And so do we. Until finally she went through all the pain of childbirth and delivered Jesus. Delivered life and peace and salvation to the world. The perfect gift. Jesus. Savior. Messiah. God with us. Emmanuel. So many names for him. All true. You ever study the names of God? I have a book. And the first time I touched it, it about knocked me down. It was so anointed. Just studying those, those names of God, there's power in His name. And if you learn the names of God, everything that He's called is what He is and what He does. And you can count on that. El Shaddai means Lord God Almighty. El Elyon is the Most High God. Adonai, Lord Master. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord of our righteousness. Jehovah Mikodishkim, the Lord who sanctifies you or sets you apart. El Olam, the everlasting God. Kana, jealous God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Those are just a few of his names. And he's good. And you can hold him accountable to every one of those names and what they mean in your life. The perfect giver. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I'm always with you. Some say you have to earn this gift of salvation, but I'm here to tell you, you can't earn it. But you must simultaneously allow salvation to take you and you must take it. It's a relationship. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The book of Revelation ends with a beautiful call of our Lord Jesus. Calling to all who will come to him to come and drink of the water of life. Remember the water? At the well with the Samaritan woman. 
This living water he talked about. Jesus told her in John 14, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, the prophets prophesied about this living water. I have six scriptures here. I'll spare you all of those, but Revelation 21, 6. The close of the end of the age, Jesus says, he said to me, John, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Revelation 22.1 Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I wrote a song one time about that and how the Lord speaks to me and shows me and tells me about the river flowing from the throne. And then Jesus said in Revelation twenty two twelve through 17, Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, all liars. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Second Corinthians 9.15 and I'll end here. Paul says it so beautifully. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Jesus is the real deal. The whole package. You know, I want to encourage us all to be like Mary and embark on a journey this Christmas to birth Christ into every part of our life and world and to help others to know Him too. To put our complete trust in Him and just as the wise men from the East traveled far to seek and find this perfect gift of God, I confirm the old adage to you today that those who are wise still seek Him. I promise if you seek Him with your whole heart, you will find Him. So seek Him and find Him and embark on the great adventure, which is the salvation of the Lord. Walk it out. Explore and conquer the land the Lord has given you. Bit by bit, faith to faith, glory to glory. The amazing Christmas gift of God is not something to be ignored or taken lightly. He came to heal you in every way, spiritually, physically, emotionally, materially. He is the entire package. He's the only way to the Father, the only way to heaven, the only way to eternal life, the only way to peace in this life. 
And he is calling us today to come and drink of the water of life. Of the river flowing from the throne of God. The throne of grace. Let's all be recipients of God's greatest gift. The gift of love. The gift of salvation. The gift of his precious son Jesus Christ. God bless you all. And I love you. I hope you have a beautiful and Merry Christmas. Father, thank you for this day and for this Christmas, for every day that you give us. Thank you for the greatest gift that we could ever hope for, your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for coming and for bearing our burden so that we may know you again. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.